Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. Hello, Stuart. Just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm J.K. Amanu, the writer director of Deviation. Hi, this is Benoit Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stuart. Page the screen. Dot com up in my long piece. Snooch. Hear that? It's my motorcycle running and tracking over my fucking snooch. Jamie's with Dom, eating pizza, and pussy. I'm Neil Johnson. I directed Road Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. The from page to screen moviecast. Hello. How are you? Okay, much better. Is it much better? Good. Let's go for much better then. (laughs) I'm okay with much better. So yeah, life is good. Life is tiring. How was London? Uh, really, really nice, as usual. Good. How was the weather? Was even even had a bit of sun. Wow. We had that imported specially for you. I might <laughs> add. That's what I thought. That's yeah. it for the year now. No more sun. Oh, okay. Well, I appreciate you working it out for me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry about last week being a bit late and uh, no. missing the podcast. No, that happens from time to time, you know. Certainly does, but uh, no, it's uh, it's good to have another catch up. So I can't remember where I can't remember last time we recorded, but I can't remember what films we've covered. So I've got a little bit of a list, uh, uh, and then we'll just okay. work our way down. Well, yeah, go ahead. Um, here's a quick question as well. I've just finished watching an episode of ER, mm-hmm. and I've seen all the ER episodes before, and I've been watching a lot of TV episodes and stuff. Now it's. I'm always wondering how how much creativity and freedom a, a TV episode director would have. Because it's like when I'm watching ER, they're all they follow the similar style. They've obviously got all the same characters in it. They're following a storyline, but most of the episodes are dire- directed by different people. And it's all every time I watch it, it's like it's directed by Dave or directed by Charles or whatever. You think I wonder how much freedom a TV director actually has to pretty much do what they want. So. Well, I mean, certainly not a lot when when it comes right down to it. They, I mean, from a conceptual standpoint, I would say that the director on something like ER versus somebody like uh, Miguel Sapochnik on Game of Thrones um, have very different levels of effect on the show. Um, on ER, where generally, I mean, every episode took place inside that hospital with rare exception, um, something like that. They, they really, you know, it's, it's mostly about where to put the camera, but even that's fairly limited because of the sets and whatnot. So, um, you know, and they, they don't, uh, 
by a certain point, they don't really direct actors so much because the actors on ER play in the same role for seven years. They kind of know what their character should do or how they might do something. So ultimately it becomes about saying, can we do this a little faster? Can you draw this line out a little more, just be a little slower here? Um, Really television is the writer's medium. And most, if you'll notice most of those shows, the writers are producers on the show. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's always the way it is in television. So whatever show you like, um, most of the time, the, the, there are some executive producers that are not non-writing producers, but most of the time the writers are really in control, even, even of the edit. Um, so yeah, as a director, it's kind of a funny job because you come into this thing where the crew is the same and the crew knows the sets really well and what they're supposed to do and what they did last week. And you've just come in as the new person. Um, and you kind of tell everyone where you want to put things and how you want to do it. But, you know, there's a lot of similarities to, to even feature filmmaking in that it's so collaborative anyway, that a lot of, not a lot of, in fact, most directors like to take credit, but some of the greatest directors will, will say, I don't know why they call me a director, you know? Yeah. Uh, Sidney Lumet famously said they should call me a selector um, <laughs> because people put different colors in front of me and say, which one would you like? And I say, uh, give me the blue, you know? But, um, but yeah, it's an interesting question. Yeah. And it's, it's just one of the many questions. It's up there with why does J. J. Abrams love lens flares so much? You know, there's many, <laughs> many sort of weird questions that just fly through my brain when I'm sitting watching something. So, um, yeah. I was on the bus on the way home from work and I thought, I'm going to ask Sean this question. Uh, what was it like when you saw either, well, probably your name on film credits for the first time and which film was that? Oh, man. Which film was it? It was probably something really terrible and low budget um, because I don't think I got credit on Sequest. Oh, I used to love Sequest. Yeah, love and I don't, I don't think I got credit on Junior with Schwarzenegger, which was – Wow. But I wasn't on the whole movie, but it was one of the first movies that I was there for a good couple weeks on. Actually – the first movie that I was on the longest was Strange Days. I love that movie. I never tire of watching that movie. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know if I got credit on that either. Maybe I do. I honestly can't remember. Um, it's a weird thing, but um, I couldn't tell you which which project it was. But I do remember the feeling of seeing my name there for the first time, and I, it was pretty. You know, I, I have relatives in Kentucky in the U.S. And uh, to, to be able to, at that time, call them and say, listen, you got to go to the movies on Friday night and you got to sit through the credits and you, you look for my name. And everybody was – my grandmother, she passed away uh, earlier this year. She she used to love that. She used to love telling people, oh, if you go, if you go to the cinema – let him wait for the credits. You're going to see Sean's name. You know? Um, so, um, yeah, but I remember thinking like, that's so cool. Like, and how, now how do I move my name to a different position? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. cause it started under production assistant. 
um, which is where I sort of learned a lot uh, before I started becoming a personal assistant and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's a pretty, I mean, to this day, I, I think even before I got into film, I used to sit through the entire credits. Yeah, I did. I still do. Yeah, well, yeah. I've always done that from because I figure, you know what, I've spent however long the film is, two hours, two and a half hours or whatever. A lot of people have put a lot of money into it, a lot of time. Some people got injured on films. There's a lot of work gone into it. And you know what, just for me to get out the door four minutes early, no. So I will, it's like a respect type thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, these days the majority of people do it because they're looking for, you know, like Marvel tags at the end of the movie and. But but yeah, even even as a kid, my father sort of instilled that in me. It was like, you know, the, what you just said. These people worked really hard, and they deserve for us to sit here and look at their names. Of course, <laughs> my dad, if he'd been alive now and seen you know seven thousand TDs and all this <laughs> stuff and CGI, he probably had been like, "All right, come on, let's go." <laughs> um, but uh, some of the credit rolls are a little bit. <laughs> You know, it's fair play for them all being on there, but some of them were like 10, 15 minutes or something. Now you're like, oh, come on, hurry up. Yeah, well, I mean, the (laughs) the last one I saw, because I haven't seen Guardians yet, so I saw um, Fast and Furious 8 or Fate of the Furious, if you want to call it that. And uh, that was a really long, (laughs) I mean, I sat through it, but that was a really long group of names <laughs> that was kind of as as long as the runway i think in the previous company yeah exactly. uh, that, the 28 mile an hour wrong runway what did yeah. you think of uh fast eight um, i've seen that as well well i enjoyed it but not as much i think i think the high point of that of that franchise for me is still the fifth one yeah uh it was fun i just thought it wasn't i don't know it didn't it didn't get me as much and i thought i mean i like f gary gray quite a bit um i could never figure out why they could never mount a sequel to italian job um they did they did try though didn't there was a, there was actually a title which people yeah, laughed at, but the brazilian job wasn't it brazilian job yeah, yeah yeah they just never could do it and i thought you know um but this movie for example i mean i don't want to give things away i'm sure every human on the planet's seen it now but the sequence in the airplane at the end with the baby, yeah, it just sort of got too winky funny for me. And the series has never, for me, been about that. So it seemed really out of place. You know, it wasn't, it, to me, it wasn't just, I'm, I'm good with one-liners and sort of goofy shit that they do. But, you know, to be like in a fight and then keep going back and smiling for the baby and then fighting someone, I was like, what is happening now? Um, it just got a little silly in a, in a way that, yeah, that franchise is always silly, but it's silly and in, in service of sort of ridiculous action, but not jokey, if that makes sense. I think for me, it felt the loss of Paul Walker as well, I think. He was sort of the yeah. grounded type character from the other ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I kind of miss Paul. But it, I, I enjoyed Fast Eight, but it's the first one in the franchise that I've seen where I don't really feel the need to go. Do you know what? I want to watch that again. Actually, I really enjoyed that. I'm glad that I watched it, but I'm not going to rush out and pick up the Blu-ray like I have done with the previous seven for some reason. Yeah, yeah, I would. Lacking. I would agree with that. And it seems like they're trying to position Scott Eastwood as potentially a new, yeah, 
called Paul Walker, but they made his character really jokey too. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. So, but it was good. I enjoyed it. But uh, even I, I will say, um, and I put this. You probably saw it on Twitter the other day, but this sort of like decision by Kurt Russell to really start working again. I, I I welcome that as much as I welcomed Michael Keaton's decision to start working again. Hell yes. Yep. I just love Kurt Russell on screen in everything. So, I mean, I would have seen Guardians anyway, but the fact that he's in it, I'm like, ah, that's so cool. <laughs> it is, yeah. I would do that. It's like Kurt Russell's in it. Yeah, I'll watch it. Because even yeah. if the film wasn't that good, you know that it's always great seeing a new Kurt Russell performance. And yeah, he'll, he'll be just, good in it. He's just always watchable and seems like he's having fun and you have fun because he's having fun. It's really great. Exactly. So have we chatted Rogue One? Had I watched Rogue One when we last spoke? Uh, I can't remember. Well, but not, not a not a Blu-ray of it, but No, I enjoyed it, but I don't feel I need to watch that one again either, which is kind of weird. It's I think it's the nostalgia thing. I love yeah, Force I Awakens because the Falcons in it and Han and Leia and you know all all the characters that I know. Rogue One, not so much. You're like, uh, okay. See, I, I saw know. it twice in the theater, uh, and I, I would watch it again. I, I did really enjoy it. Um, I definitely know what you're saying, but I, I know a lot of people that you know, particularly now because we're we're past the excitement of it. But, uh, you know, we're into the backlash of Force Awakens. I still love Force Awakens, and I love yeah. Force Awakens more. Um, I, I, but some of my friends who are about the biggest Star Wars fanatics that I've ever met on the planet, um, they say, you know, Force Awakens was fine, but Rogue One is, a, is an actual Star Wars film. And, you know, they reach for, you know, the fact that, like, Gold Leader and Red Leader from the 70s are in there and stuff like that. Um, what I'd really like to see, which they'll probably never do now, but I'd be curious to see a different cut of that movie with all the stuff that was in the trailers yeah. that wasn't in the movie. You know, that that sort of hero shot of her on the end of that gangplank and, that, and the TIE fighter coming up in front of her. Like, I want to know what that is. Hell yeah. That, that was what got me psyched for the movie. Um, I still, I still enjoyed it. I've watched it again, so we we differ there. But um, it wasn't uh, for me. It wasn't a fun movie. Like Force Awakens was fun, um, and this was just sort of like you know watching it play out and being dazzled um, by by some of the visual effects stuff and really by that Vader scene at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I'm not quite sure. I mean, I knew obviously what the film was going to be about, but I'm not quite sure what to expect, if that makes sense. Because people did watch it on a cinema release and they were going berserk. They loved it. It's amazing. And wow. So maybe it was the hype thing. I, I tend to try well, and watch you, films. So you didn't see it theatrically? No, I didn't see it. I saw it on Blu-ray. Wow. So I've seen right. it kind of recently. So okay. I have like a 50-inch TV screen, so it wasn't, you know, I didn't watch it on a, on a laptop yeah. or anything, but... Yeah, I will say does. that it's still a different, I mean, it's a different experience, but oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw it opening weekend, I guess, theatrically. Uh, I feel like, I mean, I came out sort of like, yeah, okay, that was pretty cool. Um, but I, but I'm anticipating episode eight more than oh, I earlier. Yeah. one. 
Um, having said that, though, the, the aforementioned Vader scene for me was worth the price of admission. Definitely. The, that, you know, him sticking guys up on the ceiling. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> And, and people bashed the uh, the sort of Carrie Fisher CGI. It wasn't great, but it wasn't as bad as people made out. They were making out like it was the worst thing that had ever been seen on film, but it you was, know, it was all right. My initial reaction to that in the theater was not very good. Yeah. Um, and then the second time I saw it in the theater, I was like, you know, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Um, and I have not seen it a third time so i don't know if it would totally wash over me and be fine um i've heard that there's a lot of kids out there that didn't even realize that uh tarkin was a, a, a motion capture character yeah um you know obviously they don't know that cushing has passed away for nearly 20 years but um that was kind of shocking to me because for me i was like Whoa! What's that? <laughs> yeah, it took me a few <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like really weird at first, and then I kind of just like went with it. But I was like, oh, you know, because I don't know about you, but I went into the movie thinking the most we were going to get of him was that shot from the trailer where you kind of see his face in the reflection of the glass. Yeah. I didn't realize he was going to be a full-on villain character in the movie, so I was kind of like, wow, okay, they're really just going to go for this. Um, which I thought was cool, but I also think as good as it was, I, I don't think the technology was quite there yet. No. They still and, never got the life in the eyes of the real. You, that's when you can spot them. They just have dead eyes. Yeah. But having said that, uh, you've seen Logan, right? I've seen Logan, yep. There are a few times in there where the, the younger, you know, the I don't know what he's called, X-23 or whatever, Yeah. Um, where – I knew he was CG, or at least his face was. Like they, they were putting his face on stunt person's body or something, but it looked really good. Um, to the point where a few times I was going, "Wait a minute! Like, <laughs> is that Jackman? Is he just like, how are they doing this? You know, like, are they really just?" He's playing both roles, and then we're just doing split screen stuff. Like, what is going on? Because I can't tell. And I saw some sort of reel on YouTube where there are, there are moments um, when he's driving that limousine and, and like trying to get away from his you know the water tower thing they live in. There are moments in that where it's his face put on a stuntman's body, and I had no idea. Um, are it you? It takes a lot to fool me most of the time. So while we're talking, Logan, are you interested in seeing the black and white version? You know, like I did with Mad Max Fury Road with the black and chrome. Yeah. They're yeah. doing that with Logan. Yeah, I didn't get the Mad Max thing on, on Blu-ray. I didn't buy that. But, yeah, I'm interested in that. I think that would be really cool. Because mm. there's a cinema screening in uh, in the States somewhere, which I think it's like one night only or whatever. They're doing it. But obviously that thing will come out on blu-ray or something or other but that would it would probably work the mad max one i think's come out over here in the uk on blu-ray this week so i might pick that up i think it's got the color version on it as well so i might uh, treat myself and check it out right yeah i i'm definitely interested i mean it's kind of you know it's such an homage to westerns and uh i think um yeah i think it, it would be pretty cool in that in that way so what's been keeping you busy then? 
and life in general but um well i mean travel um just traveling and and uh some of my projects are moving glacially forward um and just having long calls with my producing partners um about script notes and then trying to um refine those notes so that so that it's not like seven pages we deliver a writer it's more like a page and a half because yep. um, you just you sort of, it's a weird thing you got to kind of pick battles you know um and you don't want to overwhelm a writer or or make them think that you're you you know everything you told them in the last draft you're now changing and you want to go back to what you had before and it's actually really complicated development um and trying trying to sort of be very surgical in your notes um because you also don't want to take them too far down the wrong road or do what we call you know pulling the string that unravels the whole sweater yeah um and, and in particular when you're dealing with the the project that's been taking up the most time right now is is sci-fi it's grounded sci-fi but it's still you know there's a lot of stuff that that is the writer has invented um and and you sort of go down these logic holes you know where you're like well wait a minute how does this thing work because if it works like this couldn't we do that and then it's like well no you know and you just end up having these sort of round robin conversations for three hours and one of the last ones because i have two partners on it um one of my partners started pulling a thread and myself and the other partner were saying no 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 no. it's really we don't think that that's the thing to focus on right now and and by the time we'd been talking about it for 30 minutes the other partner who was with me suddenly started switching and the one who started pulling the thread to begin with was like "Uh oh we have a problem <laughs> because she's like now i'm i'm realizing you guys were right but now I've convinced one of you that you're wrong. <laughs> this, sound, this sounds like the 12 Angry Men story, the jury. <laughs> it's like 11 go, no, and then one goes, yes. And then three hours later, it's still the way around. It, yeah, it, it became, um, yeah, it, it became this real, like, confusing, like, circular conversation in which by the end of it, we were all like, okay, maybe we should just stop for today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Enough's enough. Reconvene tomorrow. Yeah, let's just let's just call it, and we'll we'll come back to it in a little while. <laughs> I find but, uh, the um, I find the easiest thing with the Comic Con thing that I'm doing is because it's me that's doing everything. There's no, I don't have to sit down with anybody and have a conversation about stuff, which could go horribly wrong because people might watch and go, uh, "What's all that about?" But, oh yeah, I never noticed that. But I can't imagine what it would be like having two or three people who have as much say. I don't know. I think that would be a new experience for me, but a fun one. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing, is it you know? And but then if you think about it, I mean you you certainly have a different experience with your doc because it's kind of just you that's driving the the storyline and you know figuring out what that is and putting it all together. But when you get into narrative, you just keep adding more voices, so it gets really interesting. And you gotta, it's really hard to make sure right from the jump that everyone is on the same page. You know, and as a producer, we have to find a director who sort of matches what we envision because we're the ones that have developed the material. So it's a really weird relationship. It's somebody said it's the only job where you hire your own boss. Yeah. 
Um, so we find a director that then, you know, you basically say, look, we, we spent five years building this car. I'm going to hand you the keys and just ask that you not drive it off a cliff. Um, and so, you know, just getting to that point is crazy because like I said, we start adding more and more voices and pretty soon it's a chorus of people from different backgrounds and different, you know, interests and different religious (laughs) beliefs and all of it comes into play. So it's really strange sometimes when you start trying to talk about the color of someone's shirt, (laughs) you know, and everybody's like, well, that's not really what I sort of saw for him. I think he's like this. And the writer's like, really, you're going to tell me what he's like, you know? And the director's like, well, I, I, I think he shouldn't have a shirt in this scene. <laughs> you know, It's just a strange conversation sometimes. It was uh, that conversation is very reminiscent of uh, a podcast I did with John and Stu Miller, where we each came in with our rules of how we would run a film studio and mine would be to get somebody who was on the same page as me and then let them do it. <laughs> and then I'd just sit in a corner and I'd be there if they needed me. But other than that, just let them do it, yeah. It's, uh, we watched Batman and Robin the other night. Oh, that's, mm-hmm. that's a painful film. Annette, my, my other half, she's never seen it, so we've been watching the Tim Burton and then the Joel Schumacher Batmans and... She quite liked Batman and Robin. She was like, it wasn't that bad. I'm like, oh, it was at a time. It was a franchise in a, a free fall. And yeah. uh, Warner's interfering, going, we need Happy Meals. Joel, just do this. Joel, just do that. Yeah, give um, us color. more color. <laughs> more neon, bat nipples, all sorts. Oh, God. So, yeah, so we've endured that. And the next franchise we're going to tackle is the entire X-Men franchise, which she's, she's seen Logan, and she's seen X-Men Days of Future Past and first class but she's not seen any of the other ones so we're gonna you know go through those in chronological order so well that's cool that's uh, better than the batman franchise i was thinking the other day i really look forward to having a kid and i know i'm getting getting older but i I look forward to it because i was thinking the other day my friend told me that he his daughter is you know she's very small but she's on you know, all the Disney movies already. So she's obsessed with frozen and all that kind of stuff, but really, uh, Moana now that she's singing all the songs, but I thought, man, how cool is it to sort of get to sit on the couch and put on empire strikes back or something when your kid's like seven or eight and watch them watch that movie. I know for the first time as well. They've never seen it before. Yeah. Uber cool. Yep. That I just I it's like it's, it sounds weird to say it, but part of me wants a kid just to do that, just to have that. <laughs> exactly. I just want to have those moments, you know, where I can <laughs> wait till the kid's like eighteen years old and put on like, okay, now I'm going to show you Silence of the Lambs, you know. <laughs> but then imagine it's uh, you know they, they watch Silence of the Lambs. Go, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> then like what we uh we sat down and one of annette's daughters who's she's in her 20s now probably about three years ago she's never seen the lost boys never mm. seen annette. annette loves the lost boys i love the lost boys too and we put it on and got to the end of it what do you what do you think of it she went eh, it's all right some of the music was okay you're like what it's the lost boys for god's sake what's the matter with you yeah. so it can go horribly wrong <laughs> You know what? You know what I've heard has has gone that way a lot as well because of kids' exposure to CG now and stuff is the Goonies. Really, I hear that it just doesn't 
play for kids who are, you know, they're just looking for more of like, you know, spy kids and like Avengers and, you know, it's just not registering. And I'm like, man, that's really sad. It's really sad. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can watch that movie now and be into it, you know. Or the first Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah exactly. That looks fake. No, it doesn't. Doesn't look fake at all. Nothing wrong with it. Fine. <laughs> Watch it. Watch it again. Watch the second one, then you'll appreciate the first one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what I was I was actually recently thinking of too was because uh, I watched with someone who hadn't seen any of the Mission Impossibles, and rather than starting all the, all the way at the beginning, I showed him uh, Ghost Protocol. Yes. And. Uh, and, and then watching that, then I saw that on Netflix, uh, Tomorrowland became available and I hadn't seen it. So I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Brad Bird and Clooney and like, yeah, I got, I, I, I'm surprised I missed this cause I was really excited, um, about it and I watched it and it was just kind of not great. Oh no. Cause I want to watch that. I saw that appeared on Netflix. I'm like, I missed that cinema, so I may watch it, but. I mean, I heard when it was in theaters that it wasn't great, and I thought, well, that how can that be? Like, it's Brad Bird; he's a genius, you know. And and it's an original story, and you got to support these original stories. And I like Clooney, and I like the girl in it. And I just thought, like, this this should be really cool. And I really like. I almost struggled. I, by the way, not as much as I struggled with Suicide Squad, which I eventually gave up on. Oh, so you've never made it to the end of that? No, no, no. I, I I could I barely got to where they assembled the team to go out. Wow. Yeah, I was like this. Uh, this is the most incoherent film I think I've ever seen. And I mean, we all know the story that they let the trailer company edit yeah. the movie. But I literally was like, I'm I'm like nearly forty minutes in. They're still just establishing individual characters. I don't care about anybody and I have no idea what the hell's happening. No. Like I just don't know what's going on in this movie. And everybody that I that responded to me on social media was like, "Oh yeah, you you'd have been better better off, you know, bashing your head against the wall for the last 40 minutes, you know, people." And people were just like, "Yeah, that's not don't 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 watch that movie." And I literally finally it takes a lot, Stuart, for me to just stop for me to just not watch a movie, but Suicide Squad did. In fact, um, what's his name? The actor from Stranger Things. Um, uh, who oh, plays? The, yeah, the sheriff dude. Yeah, Sheriff Hawkins. He's yeah. he's in Suicide Squad. Did you see it? I've seen it. I didn't mind it, but I agree with everything you've said about it. Though it feels like a sort of highlight reel. It's like, yeah. oh, here's this bit, and then, oh, let's move on to this bit, because this bit's cool, and it's like, no, we need a transition from one scene to the next. Would be yeah, nice. so he's he's in uh, the, the, the restaurant scenes um, with Viola Davis. He's one of the guys at the table when she's trying to, like, get approval to pull them all out of the prison. Yeah. And so I sent him a, <laughs> I sent him a message on Twitter, and uh, I have to look at what he said. He responded to me because I said, I was like, hey, man, you know, I dig you. I've been into you since you first popped up on screen. And um, I think the first thing I remember seeing him in was um, the remake of State of Play. Yep. Um, 
he just played like he's kind of like the um, uh, what do you call him? Like Deep Throat. I don't know if you have you seen, yeah. seen the film with Affleck and I've per- I've seen part of the movie, but I've seen all of the TV series. So the original stage okay. play. Yeah. So the yeah the original is better. I like the film, but um, anyway, he <laughs> I'm trying to find it. What he responded to me, he was really funny. Um, but I was like, man, I like your stuff. Uh, but what the hell happened to Squad? <laughs> and he answered, "It's unfair of you to have good taste. My career is a treasure trove of misses, with the occasional home run thrown in to mess with the curve." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. It's unfair of you to have good taste. Wow, so shame on you. Don't have good taste in film. So I answered him back. I said, in that case, I apologize for my good taste, sir, and I forgive Suicide Squad. Somebody must have liked it. On to Stranger Things Season 2. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'll be around the corner soon enough, and then people can forget about his, uh, his I just thought it was really Squad. fun, David, David Harbour. But yeah, he's been, he's been in a lot of good movies. Um, he's like a... Well, I don't know if he is now, but he started as a local Boston actor. And and so whenever a movie would shoot in Boston, which State of Play did, he'd inevitably get a call to go to the casting. So <laughs> if you look at a lot of movies right around that same time that were set and shot in Boston, he's got a role in him. Even as recently as The Equalizer, the Denzel Washington thing. He plays a dirty cop and it's a fairly significant role. Nice. Uh, because whenever they went there, he, he <laughs> they go, oh, he lives here. Let's just get him. Might be like a union thing going, oh, hang on, we need to shoot there, so you know, we need to get them in. Well, I think I actually <laughs> think there is a certain thing to like, you know, I mean there definitely is in terms of like tax credits and stuff. Yeah. That if you go to Atlanta or you go to New York or whatever, a certain amount of your, your cast needs to be local local hires. I mean it also benefits you as a producer to just hire if you can find really good actors locally so you don't have to put them up and stuff and pay them per diem. Um, you know, so a, a guy like that, he is a really good actor and he's there. So why wouldn't you find a spot for him? You know, oh, certain- hell yeah. I agree. But now do you think you'll ever go back and watch suicide squad? Or are you, are you okay? Not bothering? No, I think, I think that was that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it's funny. I think we did talk about it at one point, my, my point of view on the whole, like, DC thing and it remains to be seen with Wonder Woman which may actually pull it out at least you know the trailers but I thought the Suicide Squad trailers were perfect yeah they were Um, so I think that they just have really good trailer houses and and if Wonder Woman doesn't do well um, they may be in a lot of trouble I think because uh, I've I've said before like they're their whole deal is like, let's just cram everybody into one movie. So it'll be like trailers for the next nine movies. And then, you know, we can just jump right to the big team ups, right? Only Marvel didn't do it that way. Marvel was like, we're going to play the long game. We're going to make individual films. Some will be better than others, but we're going to give each character its own origin story. And we'll build to the team up, which, you know, of course was the Avengers, but DC was like, nah, screw it. Let's just put put everybody in Batman versus Superman. Yeah, and you can just see the writer going, wait, like like everybody, everybody, and the studio going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put every, just 
everybody. Put Aquaman, get, put Wonder Woman, The Flash, like put them all there. And the writer going, the fuck am I supposed to do with them? If they're all there, why aren't they helping in that movie? Oh, we don't care. Just just give them a scene. You know, and it's it's a really backwards, dumb way to do it. And you can see with the quality of the films that it's not working. <laughs> and it's going back and watching Batman and Robin, which was 97, I think that was. It might have even been earlier than that. They, they were doing the same thing then. It was like Batman, Robin, Batgirl, Bane, Poison Ivy, Mr. Freeze. It's like, how many people do you need in this film? They were doing it even back then, which is not good. Makes me sad when when they just won't let filmmakers make the the movie that we know they can make. It's like David Ayer's a really good director, and if you'd have just let him do his film, I'm pretty sure Suicide Squad would have been good. Well, see, I'm mixed on him too, though. You have know? you seen End of Watch? Is really good. Yeah, that's great. That's mm. great. But the other thing he did with Christian Bale, where he's like a wannabe cop and he's not quite a cop, but he pretends that he's a cop. I can't remember the name of it. Oh. God, yeah, it's harsh. Was it harsh? Harsh, yeah, times? harsh times. Harsh times. Yep. Um, yeah, he's just—I don't know—he's really hit and miss for me. Hmm. Um, I mean, I will say this: even from the thirty or forty minutes I watched, it looked good. Yeah. He's a visual filmmaker. I mean, I'll, I, I'll give it that much. He just—I mean, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe Warner Brothers just took it away from him, but. Um, I don't know. It's a pretty heavy misstep. I mean, and here's the other thing. If you have Margot Robbie in a movie and I won't keep watching, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. It is good to see Will Smith back in a decent role, though. He was actually one of my favorite characters in Suicide Squad. So. Yeah, he was. Deadshot was cool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm not quite sold on... Um, and now I'm blanking on his name too. It's just I'm getting old, Stuart. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> You're tired. You're tired. It's fine. We're all tired. <laughs> yeah, the guy that played uh, Rick Flag. I remember the character name, and he's on House of Cards. Uh, no, uh, no. He was, he was the new RoboCop. That. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I can picture his face, but I for the last yeah. time I can't remember his name. Um, anyway, uh, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, he's he's. It's not that he's a bad actor. I just I'm not like incredibly like. It doesn't do much for me on screen. Um, but, uh, I mean, I thought everybody was well cast. I didn't, I, I actually didn't think Jared Leto, I don't know, he, he wasn't, I wasn't sold. No, there was a lot of stuff of him cut out, apparently. Yeah, but even still, I mean, the look, I, okay, like, I'll go with that. It's different and it's kind of very comic bookish. And, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I, Unfortunately, he's he's firmly in the shadow of Heath Ledger for me. Yes, yeah. Um, which is weird to say because Ledger was in the shadow of Nicholson, but but they were so different. You know, where where Burton's Batman was very kitschy and and you know dark, but very comic booky, and then Ledger's was very grounded and and somehow, I mean, weird but real life. Um. This was like some sort of strange hybrid in the middle of those two, and I just didn't think it worked. No. It's I, also, it's not been enough years, I think, for somebody else to tackle the Joker role. I mean, Nicholson and, and Ledger, there was at least a, a decade plus 
between those, whereas you know what we're on about like six or seven years or something between Dark Knight and Suicide Squad, maybe. Who knows? Maybe a little bit more. I can't remember how old the Batman movies are now. <laughs> They're probably a lot older than I remember. Yeah, well, first Batman was eighty nine, yeah. It was. Yeah. Yep. Summer, it was summer, like yeah. 89, 92, 95 and ninety seven. Off the top yeah. of my brain, but the uh the Chris Nolan ones, was that that two thousand and three or something like that, I think, for the first one. Give or uh, take. Sound about right, yeah. Yeah. But what are you excited about watching? Anything coming up? Obviously, Guardians, which I want to get to uh, to cinema and watch at some point, but I've not been able to. Yeah, it's. Uh, um, I think over here, it hasn't opened yet, or maybe it, and now it has. But it, uh, um, even some friends were like, "Have you seen it? It's it's playing international before the states." And I was like, "Not this part of international." <laughs> like it's. Uh, and then when I was in London for the weekend, it was there. So I was like, yeah, but I'm not going to sit in a movie theater while I'm in London for three days. So, no. um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, I don't know what's coming up, man. I'm not, I'm, I feel like I'm so buried in my own projects that I'm out of the loop. Oops. I know the feeling with the, the Comic-Con thing. It's, I can't remember the last time I sat down for a whole afternoon just watching films. It's when I'm not at work or I'm not podcasting or tweeting or whatever. It's like, right, I need to sit down and stare at a computer for seven hours and tweak things that I'm sick of watching. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be glad when it's done so I can move on to I the mean, next we are We are getting into summer movie season, right? So Yeah, we've got Planet of the Apes coming up. Third one of that. Okay, saw that trailer. That could uh, be good. Oh, oh uh, the new trailer just came out for um, for Dunkirk, which I'm very excited yes. for. That does look good. Yeah. Um, uh, Blade Runner. Is it the trailer for that dropping today, or has it already dropped to something? I think that's pretty, pretty due out pretty soon. A new trailer for that. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm big. Uh, uh, Gosling is my man crush, so mm-hmm. definitely. Got definitely. Alien Covenant, which I think's out this month, I believe. Yeah. See that one? I, I'm not. Um, yeah, I'm not sold on that one. I don't know the, the the Prometheus like didn't quite work for me, and I think a lot of that is down to the fact that the Xenomorph um, didn't look the way it, it does in the other films. And I get that he's doing like oh, it's going to evolve kind of a thing, but it was really weird to me. Yeah. Um, is King Arthur playing? Where is that out already? Now, I don't think it's out already, but I think that's pretty close, and that's one I'm not. I like Guy Ritchie, but to sort of go, we need somebody to do a King Arthur movie, let's get Guy Ritchie on the phone. It's just the weirdest combination. Because for me, Guy Ritchie is, um, you know, like rock and roll and snatch and lock yeah, but and I that mean, type. So. His, his sort of modernizing of old school Sherlock Holmes is kind of cool. It is kind of cool. I mean, I liked I liked all his sort of whooshy high speed camera, slow motion camera. I thought it actually acquitted fairly well. Um, I've not heard good things about King Arthur, but I will probably check it out. Um, it's um, yeah. I mean, I I actually thought is it Game of Shadows? Is that the second Sherlock? Yeah, I thought that was one of the better sequels to anything I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. It's definitely better than the first Sherlock, which it, I did enjoy the first one, but I did prefer the second one. 
Yeah, the first one I liked, but it wasn't that exciting. And the second one was just kind of awesome. Really good story, really, really well shot. Um, yeah, I just thought that was cool. So, I mean, King Arthur, I'll check it out. I'm, I'm looking at a list now. Baywatch, eh, don't need to see it. <laughs> no. Um, I hear they're really earning their R rating, though. Yeah, which is good. I'm hoping to do. Just, just yeah. Uh, uh, Pirates, I don't know. I think it's going to be a big flop. I think it may be a flop, but I'm going, and the same reason I may watch the Transformers movie, I'm going to go just listen to the soundtrack. <laughs> you, know, you say whatever you want about the Pirates movies, but they've got glorious music, so you know, well, I'd probably a, just go a, sit down and listen to it. So. That's a good point, and, and my friend of mine, uh, Jeff Zanelli, has done the music, and it's his first uh, time at this uh, at this franchise, so I'm excited for him. We'll go watch of him. I'll stay till the end credits as well. And, there you yeah. go. Well, he'll have his, he'll have his name in the front. His name will be. It right. will. Um, what else? The Mummy. I'm interested. Yep. I'll I'll, I'll check that out. Uh, and I think that's next month. That's in June. Wonder Woman. Like I said. Okay. Yeah. I want to check that out. I'm going to wait and see what the the moment they start talking about, oh, the studio interfered with it, I'll just wait for Blu-ray or whatever. Well, I, yeah. I'm very nervous about them interfering with, with the DC films. So. Yeah, I'm with, you, I'm with you on that. If if Patty Jenkins starts saying, yeah, that, that it got away from her, um, yeah, I'll, yep. I'll wait. Uh, there's a couple horror films coming out, which I don't do, but you're probably there's one I know there's a lot of buzz about called It Comes at Night. Yeah, I've heard the title, but don't know much about it. But. Um, there's Book of Henry, which is uh, Colin Trevorrow, who did uh, Jurassic Park, the last yep. Jurassic Park. This is his like you know one for me after I made you guys. Nice, good man. Yep. Um, and it looks really weird, but kind of interesting. It's like a little girl who's being abused by her father and the boy wants to rescue her and Naomi Watts is in it. Um, I think it's based on a novel, but I'll, I'll check that out. Transformers, as much as I want to hear Yablonski's music, I'll just download his music once it's for sale. I cannot, I cannot bring myself to watch that movie. After the last one, I'm just I'm I'm out. I wish Michael Bay would just do something else. I know because that's the thing. I was uh, I was chatting to somebody last night about James Cameron and Ridley Scott to a certain extent. So James Cameron, love James Cameron films, but do I really want him to do like three or four Avatar movies in a mm-hmm. row? No. Ridley yep. Scott, do I want him to do three or four Alien movies? No. I want different things from them all. I don't want them to spend ten, fifteen years on one type of movie and it kind of upsets me so that's the same with Michael Bay 13 hours I thought was amazing I really like Pain and Gain Transformers yeah. 1 was okay the soundtracks for the others were really really good but the films themselves I'm, just like, I'm kind of bored with that now just do something a little bit different yeah I'm, I'm completely with you it's it's really a shame and especially thinking about Ridley Ridley's 79 years old exactly <laughs> you know? And I know he's filling up his calendar with like 30 other alien films, but like, come on, man, you know, I'd rather, honestly, if you're going to make another sequel to something, find a way to do a prequel to Gladiator and do that. Or a sequel to Black Rain. 
Just yeah. something like that. Something different. Not they wouldn't, alien they wouldn't movies. never do that, but yeah. <laughs> no. And Black Rain is actually one of my, like, it's on my frequent viewing list, actually. That's funny that you mentioned that. I, I saw that in the theaters at the Cineplex Odeon in um, at Universal City with my dad in 87 or whenever that came out, 89. Um, and really, that movie, like, really affected me as a kid. <laughs> I was like, you know, what a trippy world that is. I mean, it was like a hybrid of his Blade Runner and, and reality. But I loved Michael Douglas just playing a crooked cop. And Andy Garcia, that was the first time I'd seen him. And that was the first time that I realized in a, in a modern day setting of a film that you could get attached to a character and, and then they could get taken out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they didn't really do that very often. <laughs> so it's no, like, not at that time. I was like, wait a minute, what just happened? And not in that way either. It's like, oh, come on. That was yeah. uh, shocking. But yeah. uh, good, good movie. Uh, War Machine, which is interesting because it's going to premiere, I think, on Netflix. Oh, okay. Oh, is this a Brad Pitt thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now, the weird thing for me is that lately, whenever Brad Pitt does like a a pseudo-comedy, he has to do that accent. (laughs) Yeah, his inglorious accent. Yeah, he has to do the (laughs) I I want my scalps thing. And I'm like, why are you doing that? You're not Adam Sandler. You can just play the role. You don't have to, like, do a voice. It's going to Jeff Bridges' route where evidence roots to Cogburn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, like, mumbling through it and, like, I don't know. It's really weird. I mean, I'm I'm really psyched and I'm also, like, fascinated that they'd spend $90 million on a movie that I'll literally just turn on Netflix and start watching. Um, but, yeah, it's weird to me when he does his little <laughs> his little accent thing. And we've got Valerian coming out. Is that this year as well as now, I think? Yeah, that's this year. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it looks weird and colorful and sort of like a fifth element on steroids. Um, I just, I don't know. It's so strange to me that that same, the same guy that did that and the same guy that did fifth element is the guy that did the professional. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Because The Professional is such a phenomenally excellent movie. And, and, you know, so much of that is down to what's on camera, meaning Portman and and Gary Oldman, who just kills it in that movie. But it's just kind of like, it's it's another one. It's like, please go back to that. Yeah. You know, like, do do another movie like that. He, He keeps doing, like, Take In and all these... I mean, he didn't direct that, but he, he produces them and he writes them and he just sort of like these schlocky movies. And then Valerian, I guess, is really expensive. Um, so if it fails, it might tank that company, EuropaCorp, um, which I think he's a partner in. But, um, but yeah, it's – I don't know. What do you think of that? I think I saw the trailer and I didn't know what to think after I'd watched the trailer. It didn't give me a, wow, this looks amazing, I want to watch it now. And But nor did it give me, that looks terrible, I don't want to watch it. I sort of walked away from the trailer going, okay, um, 
Yeah, I'm going to have to think about that one because I'm not quite sure what I've just watched. Yes. But I love sci-fi. I'll watch pretty much any sci-fi film that comes out. Whatever the budget is, I'm not bothered. As long as the storyline's interesting or it's got interesting characters in it, then I'm in. I love it. But yes. I had the same feeling with The Fifth Element when I watched it. I like The Fifth Element, but there's something that's keeping it from... from right. I need to re-watch The Fifth Element again because I've not seen it for a year. Well, it's because I think I think you and I probably have the same sensibility. There, it's just that it's a little goofy. Yeah, it's not like uh, like I don't know. I guess I just can't do that much humor mixed in with my my sci-fi or action. Like uh, it's which is weird to say. But if you're gonna if you're gonna be funny, you need to be funny within sort of the the reality that you're doing. Like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, there's nothing that they do in Guardians that that doesn't really sort of mesh with the story that they're telling and the characters that are saying the things, you know? So if Peter Quill says something like he's a wise ass and he says wise ass kind of things and you, you get over the fact that you're watching like a little raccoon. So when Bradley Cooper says something, it's, it's appropriate to that, but somehow fifth element has things that are just goofy. Like the bit where the Brian James is like, stuck in the refrigerator or something and they come back to him later and you just see his frozen face and you're like, what, what is happening in this movie? Yeah. You know? And, it, and for me too, it's about like uniformity of performance. Right. So like Chris Tucker in that movie is so on another, <laughs> like he's in another movie. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's, he's in his own movie uh, called the fifth element. And, it's it still kind of works, but it's so goofy that you're just kind of like, okay. <laughs> his uh, his role in The Fifth Element actually put me off Chris Tucker movies for quite a while. It was until I watched Rush Hour. I thought, well, I, I like Jackie Chan, so I'll I'll, pro- I'll watch this. But Chris Tucker's in it, so really, I'm not going to enjoy it. But I watched it, I'm like, it kind of works actually. So it, it sort of made me wince a little bit that Chris Tucker was in it because of his role in The Fifth Element just being turned up to twenty when he should have been ten. Right, right. Oh, but it was, um, uh, two that are that are inter- very interesting to me. Um, one is sort of mainstream, which is Baby Driver. Yeah, I've been hearing a little bit about that one. I think the title is terrible, and I'll tell <laughs> yep. you that any day of the week. I understand why he called it that, and I get that the character's name is Baby, but good God, it's an awful title. Um, it sounds like a animated film from the guys that made despicable me um uh but the trailers are awesome and the music is great that he used and i love all of the actors and uh so i almost wish i didn't have to wait till june to see that i really want to watch it um and the other one which is just keeps registering with me is called the bad batch do you know about this i've heard that title as well but yeah don't know much about that one uh, so it's this director, Anna Lily Amirpour, who did A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, which is really twisted little vampire movie. Um, so she did this movie called The Bad Batch, uh, and it's got Keanu Reeves, and it's got Jason. Oh, Jim Carrey, and this no, one, no. is it? Nope, that's no. a different one. No, not Jim Carrey. Keanu's in it, and Jason Momoa's in it. Um, and they just put out a new trailer, uh, which still doesn't really give you a sense of what the movie is, but the music is so good in the trailer and the visuals. And I'm just like, I don't even understand what's happening, but I really want to see this movie. 
Well, that's a sign of a good trailer, isn't it? Is yeah. I don't know what I've watched, but I want to watch more of it. Let me let me watch the full film. Here's my money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that the, it definitely falls into that category. I'm just like uh, I don't understand it, but it even if it doesn't make sense, I think I'll still somehow enjoy it. I was pretty sure Jim Carrey is in there somewhere because I think Stu Miller was talking about this film, and he mentioned Momoa, uh, Keanu, and Jim Carrey in it. So I'm, I don't know how big the role is, but I'm pretty sure he's in that one. Have you seen these trailers for Atomic Blonde? I have not. No, should I? Oh man, yeah. It's basically like the. I mean, it kind of goes into the movie, but essentially the whole trailer is like one incredible ass-kicking fight scene with Charlize Theron. Um, you should definitely look it up. And there are two trailers now, I think, but either one, it's what's most impressive about it is that it really looks like it's all her. Um, and, and it's, so the director is a guy who I've met uh, many times over the years when he first was a stunt man himself. Uh, and then later, a uh, stunt coordinator, second unit director, um, and his big break was he co-directed John Wick with Chad Stahelski. The two of them who have had a company called uh, 8711 Action Stunts for, I don't know, easily 10 years now. Um, Chad used to double Keanu, so that's how they got the script to Keanu. But they co-directed John Wick. Um, and then for some reason, like the DGA came after them at the end and was like, you can't both have credit for directing. Um, so David has to take a producer credit or something and it got really weird. Um, but anyway, Chad went on to do John Wick two, David Leach went off to do this movie with Charlize atomic blonde. And now David is doing the sequel to Deadpool. Right. Yeah. Um, which He's really got a good sense of humor, uh, David, and he's obviously amazing at shooting action. So, yeah, definitely check out that trailer. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. I've kind of been the same where in the same position you've had, where you've been that busy that things just seem to have gone by and you've missed yeah. stuff. I did check out a trailer, which is a documentary that you have, you're probably already aware of, but check out the trailer. The one about the movie scores. Score. Uh -huh. Yeah, my friend sent me the link to that. Looks uh, amazing. Yeah, I doubt it's going to come over here um, to check, or you know, I, I don't know how I'll see it. But uh, everybody in that trailer, I was like, "Why didn't I think of this?" <laughs> Hell yeah, exactly. Because you look at it and you go, "That's so simple. Just sit down with people. And why has nobody done one of these before?" Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm like I would love to talk to every one of those guys. Why didn't I come up with that idea? Exactly. But now you, you've got to come up with the idea that nobody's come up with yet. <laughs> Before, yeah. Somebody, yeah. But it looks amazing. It will be yeah. really good. I think it's one of those that's going to get its cinema release and it's going to quickly come out on home format or something like that. And then we can, we can watch it. Because I, I can't see my local cinema showing it because it's all filled up with the Hollywood fodder and stuff. But you know, I bet that's amazing watching it on a really big screen with an amazing sound system. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. It's it, what's also interesting. I don't know. I, I think he's come to the UK. Um, James Newton Howard is touring now, just like Zimmer has been. Wow. Um, so he's he starts his tour. I don't know. I want to say like um, in in June, maybe. Yeah, I think next month he starts touring around the world. Um, 
So I got to see the Zimmer one here in Prague, but I I don't think I'll get to the James Newton Howard, although I'd like to. I saw the Zimmer one in Manchester, and it was amazing. And I saw John Carpenter as well last year, which was also amazing. So they're also. I don't know if he's doing it where you are, but over here they're advertising all over the place for Ennio Morricone's last show, is what it says. Yeah, I think they did one of those shows in Ireland. I think, or they've advertised one in Ireland, but the price of the tickets is insane. Oh. So it's way out of my ballpark. A friend of mine knows somebody that was that either got tickets or was trying to get them, and he told me the price tag, and it's like, what? It's a little bit steep. <laughs> That's kind of out of my well, ballpark. The Zimmer one was pricey too. I mean, for at least over here, for for what Czech people make. I think for my Zimmer ones, they were probably about ninety pounds each ticket, so that wasn't bad considering it was Zimmer. The John Carpenter ones were £25, which is well cheap, and I was at the front row of a John Carpenter gig. It was That was crazy. It was like worth every single penny and then some. Did he play uh, Did he play The Thing? He did The Thing, he did The Fog, he did Halloween, Escape from New York, In the Mouth of Madness, all sorts. He's like one from each of his movies. It was amazing. Smoke going everywhere, and he was just dancing around like a maniac. <laughs> So looking all cool in his black suit and his shades. That's that was, cool. uh, it's very good. And I purchased, I think it cost me about £40, but they were selling memorabilia there. And they had a limited uh, tour poster that had been hand-signed by John that afternoon. And I bought one of those. So I thought, mm. you know what, for that price, I'm having one. Because I asked the guy behind, are these prints or have they been signed? He went, no, they've been signed this afternoon. I'm like, I'll have one of them then. So I've I've got that in my house. So. That's awesome. But, uh, James Newton Howard, I'll definitely check out. See if you know, over here. Because of because I am not a horror guy, I was never completely on the Carpenter bandwagon. Um, yeah. I mean, I obviously, I, They Live just cracks me up. Um, <laughs> Escape from New York as a kid. I mean, I saw that and I was into that. Um, and. Uh, Probably the thing. I think, but yeah, other than that, most of the other ones are. Yeah, the, stuff, thing, the thing was like a big movie for me. It just scared the crap out of me. But it may have been even the first time, other than like Disney movies, where I saw Kurt Russell and was like, that dude's cool. <laughs> um, and then we just, uh, was Big Trouble? That was his, right? Yeah, that was 87, that one. Yeah, so that one really I, I liked. Um, but yeah, he did so many, you know, from Halloween on a lot of his films were just kind of straight up horror. Um, so yeah, he never, he was never like a huge thing for me as a kid, but, um, but I certainly obviously saw a number of his films and, uh, Starman, which I love, completely love that movie. Even today, love the music, everything. The music is amazing actually in that. Jeff Bridges, he got an Oscar nomination for that, which is really weird for a sci-fi movie. But, man, he was phenomenal in that film. What would be, have you got a favorite decade for movies? I mean, mine, I don't know whether we've spoken this one before. I don't think we have, but I'm, I'm sticking with 70s, I think, for mine. Yeah, see, I'm such a, I mean, I was born in the 70s, but I'm such an mm. 80s kid. I find that most of the stuff that I revisit is, is out of the 80s. In fact, you know, on Facebook, that thing was going around with people making their list of of the one film from each year. Um, And by the time I got to like 84, 
I was having such a hard time because 84 in particular to like 89, there were blocks of movies in those years that I, I still don't think any decade is equaled. No, I agree. To, to, you know, it was just like 84, like blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, all of these movies came out in 1984, even 85, you know, Back to the Future and like Karate Kid, I think. It was just like, yep. how did all of these movies come out in one year? And these days, if you get two movies in a year that you absolutely love, you're lucky. Yep. But like, you, go, you know, 84, Ghostbusters, Gremlins, Back to the Future. Um, tons it's insane I think, I've heard podcasts where they will go through their favourite year of movies and I think there's about three I think 99 was apparently really good with like Fight Club and and whatnot. but um, 84 is definitely up there for me I think yeah my um, my writer on uh, on one of my projects just turned me on to what is this called it's called 80s All Over um, and it's Scott Weinberg and Drew McQueenie, who's actually a friend of mine. But they're going year by year through the 80s um, and talking about all the films, um, which is sometimes hard because I think there were like a thousand movies that came out or something in, in like 1982 or something like that. But they're up to like 86 now, I think it is. And I haven't started listening to it yet, but my friend who I who I really trust a lot in terms of you know, what he devotes his time to because he's busy as you and I are. Um, he's like, you got to listen to this this podcast called 80s All Over. He's like, you'll love it. It's it's like so delving into all those movies that we grew up with. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, while I certainly have a love and appreciation for 70s, you know, with like The Godfathers, and Jaws, and Easy Rider and all that stuff, um, I was born in 75, so I wasn't conscious of films until like 1980 maybe um so those are the movies that really registered with me yeah i think for me it's close encounters and then superman the movie that made me think wow cinema is amazing i want to watch everything um star wars i did see when it came out but i was too young to actually remember watching star wars when it came out but yeah the same for me i mean my company's called ravenwood because the first for me um Raiders, like for a lot of people say like, oh, Bambi or something like that. Raiders for me uh, in 81, I was six years old, so I had no business actually being in that movie. Um, nope. I, but my grandmother took me, and I can remember to this day in the opening sequence in the cave when um, Alfred Molina like triggers that light and the sort of spikes come out with the skeletons, the mummified skeletons attached to them. I launched over the armrest <laughs> and into my grandmother's lap. And for maybe, you know, a good minute and a half, she was thinking, okay, <laughs> I got, I'm going to have to take him out. Um, and then I didn't want to leave. And I remember watching that movie and being so like literally the way people say on the edge of your seat, watching Raiders, um, and then at the end of the movie, when the titles came up and I saw Steven Spielberg, it didn't really register to me. But one year later, we had E.T. in 82. Yep. And I remember the titles coming up for E.T. at the end. And I had sobbed through that movie by the end. You know, I was, I was a seven-year-old wreck. Um, and I remember saying, wait a minute, like, 
that okay direct advice so what does that mean because because the same guy did that on indiana jones and it was a radically different feeling you know like on indiana jones he had me like adrenaline pumping like so excited and wanting to go and like dig for treasures and and now a year later he does this other movie and i'm literally a puddle on the floor of this movie theater from from thinking et's gonna die or something you know uh and and so that was the turning point for me that made me want to make films um i remember that specifically seven years old and i have actually i have a video well i have super eight of my stepmother saying what do you want to be when you grow up sean and i was saying i think i'm going to be a director nice at seven years old yeah and it was because of that it's one hell of a launching pad, isn't it? Raiders and E.T. Yeah. Good God, man. Well, and you throw Close Encounters in there and Jaws before. I mean, it's just, I don't know. There may never have been a run like that in cinematic history. No, exactly. It does make me sort of miss the old Spielberg. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, me too. So it's, you know, the fun Spielberg, the... Yeah, I enjoyed BFG. I thought that was kind of like, yeah, maybe, yeah, we're getting there. But you know, I don't need Spielberg doing Lincoln. Yeah, I, I miss Spielberg doing the fun movies. That, but, well, we'll see know. what happens with Ready Player One. I didn't read the book, but you it know, does, does look interesting. He certainly. I've heard that the book has references to his films, so I'm be interesting to see how he tackles those little touchstones to his own work will he leave them in or will he take them out that's the question yeah hopefully leave them in yeah yeah uh, well what are you up to for the rest of the evening sean Cause, well uh, get, you know getting late in the evening yeah, um, yeah. It's, what it's you up to? almost 11 here so i'm going to uh, read another script that i am supposed to read and then i'm gonna pass out <laughs> yep. and i may not finish the script i'm supposed to read <laughs> oh, oh well we, no, we won't tell anybody that <laughs> but no sorry about being a little bit late last week but no, that's right so we'll know. do it again at some point and, and uh thanks for having me on again no you're more than welcome in this time next week i'll be sitting in the island of malta because i'm on oh, holiday yeah. from next monday i fly out there for a week so very nice um i'm very much looking forward to a week just collapsing and switching the brain off so yeah well enjoy that That'll be fantastic. You enjoy your week, and I look forward to catching up with you again. All right, my friend. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.